All right, so this is a 10-minute preparation message. Actually, it's a 10-year preparation. I want to read in Genesis 28, and I want to tell you something the Lord uh, uh, revealed to me recently that is, is helping me. Um, it says, this is a famous story. Most of you know it. It's, uh, we call it Jacob's Ladder. Right, Marlon? Uh, now, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. This is Genesis 28.10. So it says, so he came to a certain place. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He stayed there all night because the sun had set. So I think really one thing I want to just point out to this, uh, this is a picture of a journey. And there's going to be times in your life when, when the sun has set, so to speak. You're going to come to a place where it doesn't seem like there's a lot of light left. And it, but the Bible calls that a certain place. And it's a place that God wants to lead all of us to, uh, but He doesn't want to leave us there. And He took one of the stones that, of that place and put it at His head. And He laid down in that place to sleep. And that's what happens to a lot of people when we get in that, uh, those places like that, is we go to sleep. There's a, a sleepiness, a drows, drowsiness that comes on us spiritually. Uh, but there's something awesome. Uh, that stone, of course, if, if you think about it, that stone would speak of Christ. You know, because Christ is in that place. And I think that's really the most important thing. If, if you don't know anything else today, if you happen to be in that place, Christ is there. He's there. And that's really where we've got to put our head. We've got to put our head on Him. Because if you don't put your head on Him... If you don't let rest on Him, if your mind is, is at unrest, if your mind is laying into the world, so to speak, you're going you're gonna to be in a lot of trouble, okay? You're going to be in a lot of trouble because all you're going to do is you're going to see and hear everything everybody else in the world is seeing and hearing. And it's going to hurt you. It's going to pull you down. It's going to discourage you. And a lot of people, when they get into this, this place, uh, you know, where the sun is set on them, that's what happens to us, is we get, we get, we lose touch with the spiritual realm. We lose touch with what God is doing. And we begin to see our lives and see everything around us ha- that happens around us on, from a natural perspective. And that's really discouraging. If, if, when you begin to see your life like that, it's really discouraging when we can't see life from God's perspective. Because God never does, we were never designed to, to see life and live life that way. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Marlon. Come on. You know, at least one person. If y'all, yeah, okay. And behold, it says, uh, then he dreamed. And see, this, that's something God wants to do is release dreams for people. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. Note that it said it was set up on earth. No, it wasn't, it was not from. It was from earth to heaven. That's really how God really did this thing. He put the, the ladder down here for us. Okay? And its top reached to heaven, and, and there the angels of God were ascending and de- descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord, uh, God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. And also... Your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Isn't that an amazing 
promise from the Lord. And then he said, Behold, I'm with you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. See, that's what the Lord really wants to remind people of this morning, is there's prophetic promises in people's lives. Okay? And lots of times we lose touch with those promises, and we begin to live our lives apart from the promises of God. And we begin to make decisions based on something else besides what God has said. God has made promises, and when He makes a promise, we need to begin to point our life in the direction of the promise. That's what faith is. That's a life of faith is when God has said something, we make decisions and choices based on what God has said, not based on what our circumstances or situations or what the, what's happening in the world. Amen? Are y'all... Are y'all alive this morning? Now, doggone it, I went to Argentina. It took me 30 hours to get here. Traveling time. So I I should be the tiredest one in the building. I should be wore out. So y'all was sleeping and resting and, you know, doing whatever you do and going to the beach and all that. We got in a car and drove for 10 hours straight. You know how many hours more than that is than I could stand and be in a car about seven? At the three-hour mark, I was done. Like, I got to get out, you know, forever. I can't do this. So you know I was needing some grace there. But I did get there. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. The Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And see, that's, that's, that's mine and your problem. I want to tell you this morning, the Lord is in this place. I want to tell you, the Lord is in the United States of America. The Lord is in the world. The Lord is all around us all the time. And He wants to teach us something about connecting with Him. I'm telling you that right now. Then He said, and He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Yeah. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that had put at his head and set it up as a, as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He anointed this stone. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. So um, I want to tell you this little thing. Uh, in 2007, I had this amazing vision it was one of these like full color uh, visions that was, you know, wide awake vision that was so powerful and so impacted in my life. What I saw is I saw this. I saw an open heaven and I saw Jacob's ladder. And it was the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, it was colorful. It was full of life. And there was all kinds of activity on this ladder. And I saw it in Argentina. That's where I saw it. And so in my mind I said, and I saw the surroundings of this thing. That's why I knew it was in Argentina. So I thought, well, I'm just going to find that place. Because it says he came to a certain place. I said, I'm going to find that place. It's what I set in my mind. So I set out looking for that place in Argentina. I would get in the car and ride, and all I would do was look. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to look at 
where we were going, I was wanting to look at, to see if I could find that, that place that I saw in that vision because I wanted to go to that place and connect into that, into that open heaven. Amen? I mean, that's a pretty good response. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I went down there for 10 years looking for that place. And it was like, I'm not going to find this place. That's what I said. So I said, Lord, every year it's like, oh, I didn't find it this year. And, uh, you know, where is it, Lord? Where is it? They're not taking me to the right place. <laughs> Blaming on somebody else, right? Uh, and then the Lord spoke to me when I was down there this time, though. Because I told the people down there, there's two, there's two reasons I come down here. One, and maybe I was, I wouldn't say I was lying. I might have been fudging the truth a little bit, but. <laughs> One is the people, because I really do love those people down there. And gotten to know some people down there, they're like to me like you are, except for they're Argentines. They have the same spiritual DNA as They have the same heart towards the Lord. Like, you know, we can relate to each other. Like this spiritual family that relate to each other, even though they speak another language, they sing another, you know, language. And they do some things different um than we do but they but i really do love those people and care about them and have developed some really uh family relationships with with some of them not all of them but with some of them like they're just like family to me and um so that i told them that you know that and but the other one was i told them is the reason i kept coming down there was was, was for that open heaven because that was the thing in my life that i wanted the most of anything is i wanted to to experience and live in that open heaven, and when I and I was telling that when I told him when I was in the middle of telling him that the Lord spoke to me, and He said to me, "You're looking for it in the wrong place." That's what He said to me. You're looking for it in the wrong place, and I'm thought, oh, okay, maybe it's at home, <laughs> but really, um, what He said to me, well, this is what He explained to me. This is what the understanding that came to my mind. That's, that's all I heard him say, you're looking for it in the wrong place. Um, when I had that uh, experience with that open heaven, um, it was a, a time where the, there was a really strong move of the Lord happening in a lot of places. There was a really strong move of the Lord happening in Argentina at that time, much stronger down there than now. And a really strong move of the Lord happening here in many places. And that whenever we're in a really strong move of the Lord, there's a lot of emotions and feelings attached to things that happen to us. You understand what I'm saying to you? A lot of emotions and feelings. And those are really, you know, God is really into emotions and feelings. Okay? He really is. He enjoyed it because He created emotions. And He created feelings, you know, for us to serve us. Okay? The problem, though, is... If we're not careful, emotions and feelings can become our masters. Okay? In other words, we as, as people of faith can begin to be ruled by how we feel. Have you ever heard this term that we use? I've heard it out of my bad mouth many times. I don't necessarily feel led to do that. You know? And maybe there's a time that that's a legitimate phrase... But I have a bad feeling that probably nine out of ten times that I've said it at least, it was not legitimate. Because I've tied my life up into feelings 
I've let my emotions decide for me what I was going to do versus letting what God said or what God has done in my life decide for me. Letting that be the ruler of my life. Do you understand what I'm telling you? So anytime there's a move of God, the danger in the, in the move of God is when, God, when the emotions go. When the emotions are gone, God speaks to you. God reveals Himself to you and it's full of passion. It's full of emotion. It's, it's full of all these things. It's like waking up one day and you've been married and so passionate on fire for this person you're sleeping with and waking up one day and you think, man, what have I done to my life? I don't feel like I love them no more. You know, you know what I'm saying? Most people know that, right? There's just times in your best relationships on earth you don't feel it anymore. But does that mean you quit? Well, many times Christians do with God. Many times Christians disconnect with God because they lose the emotion of it. They lose the feeling of what God's doing. Are y'all following me? And so I think this is, this is what happened to me is I had that encounter with the Lord and there was a lot of intense emotions happening in my life at that time, real intense. And I was very moved by God in the realm of my emotions and in the realm of my spirit. It was an amazing time. But those emotions have gone away. I don't feel a lot of things anymore. I feel, you know, I can feel the Lord move. I can sense things spiritually, but... Most of that is what God's doing in, the, in a moment just to clue me in, but there's no emotion attached to it. There's no feeling attached to it. And then it's just left up to me to make a decision what I'm going to do based on what I feel like God's shown me. Are y'all, are y'all connecting with this? And so what, what happened to me is I was looking for this open heaven, but the truth was, the truth was, this is what God was saying, that open heaven is all around you all the time. But you're allowing the feeling or the lack of feelings to dictate to you whether you're connecting with it or not. And if you'll begin to let go of the feelings, if you're willing to stop being driven by your emotions and ruled by your emotions and and making decisions by what your emotions, by what your eyes are telling you, by what your ears are, are hearing, if you're willing to let go of that, you can connect back with back with me on a deeper level. It's the truth. It really is the truth. I want to read uh, John. Y'all are being way too quiet. John chapter 1. This is just to give you this really beautiful scripture here. Running down about somewhere. I think. Um, I think verse 47, is that what I told you? Okay, yes. All right, this is uh, Jesus, John chapter 1, right? He's, this is the New Testament. You know, this is Jesus talk. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How did you know me? See, that was a powerful moment for Nathanael. I'm not disqualifying those powerful moments. But then Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. That's pretty... (laughs) This guy was moved right there. I mean, 
Right? I mean, he was moved powerfully to start declaring this stuff about this guy, Jesus. You're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. There have been many prophets in Israel, so it wasn't like somebody not having prophetic insight. This guy, God touched him at that moment powerfully, so powerfully that he was willing to make that kind of declaration. That You know, for us, of course he is. We know that. Everybody knows. That's just common news to us. But at that time, that was not common news. This is at the beginning of Jesus showing up. This is before Jesus even began to, to, to tell everybody really who he was. And this guy was so moved by God, so moved by this encounter with this person that he made it. And this is the way a lot of believers are. We, we have these, and this is beautiful, and God wants this for us. And I believe our future is full of amazing encounters with the Lord. I believe our future is full of God touching us in significant ways that just stir us to the bone and shake us to the bone. I really believe that. I really believe that. But I think one thing that I felt God was saying to me is is you need to learn how to be shook to the bones when there is no shaking. In other words, you need to be able to cultivate what I've already given you and hold on to what I've given you. And live out of what I've given you and not be disappointed and not be discouraged and stop looking for something all around you where it's right there with you all the time. You just can't see it because your eyes have gotten scales on them. Because you're looking through the natural and you're not seeing it spiritually. At some point, your spiritual experiences have to go from the realm of your emotions into the realm of your spirit. They had to move from your soul into your spirit again. Well, this is pretty good. Anyways. And Jesus answered and said, because I said, this is like Jesus, like, dude, are you serious? This is what you really believe? That's my way I say it. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You know, like, really? You're... You're pretty good. You're a really emotional guy. You're really easily to receive. You're easily to be touched guy. You really are in the moment. But then he said, you will see greater things than these. And I believe that's a promise for the Lord for every believer on the earth. That you, there's a better thing in front of you than what's behind you. That your experience in front of you is the best. Okay, so you've, one thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to stop trying to live out of how God did it and what He did. You've got to stop doing it. That's what He was telling me. You can't, that's not the way this thing works. This is not 2007. This is 2016. You've got to find out how to tap in right here and now. I remember the first time I ever tapped into the spiritual realm. Can I tell you about that? Oh, man, it was... Me, I think me and Marlon and Andy Squires and Matthew Bowler were back there in the prayer room. We were going to pray about something. You know? And it was like one of those prayer meetings that you never want to go to. Like, duh. You know, just kind of dead and miserable. And like, why am I sitting in here? I got so much to do. And I'm sitting here trying to pray about all this. And then all of a sudden, something, I don't know what happened. All I know is this. There was this flow that started that came into my mind. And suddenly, all this information started coming to me about what we were praying about. And it was, all of a sudden, I had more prayers than I could say. I mean, I sort of took over the prayer meeting because it was like this information was pouring into me. And and literally, at the time, I said, 
it was like I plugged into the, to the supernatural information superhighway. That's the way it felt. I had suddenly plugged in to like the internet and the natural, and there was all of this information available. And I'll tell you something, it was a very uh, awesome moment for me because it was, you know, it was so refreshing and it was like a river was pouring through my mind, bringing me information. And, and that, was just, that was just amazing to me. It was just amazing to me that that information at that level is available to Christians. And then that suddenly, somehow, by God's mercy, because I wasn't trying to tap in. I was just trying to pray, you know, some ridiculous prayer that wasn't going to make any difference. (laughs) But when you tap into that information, then you know how to pray all of a sudden. You know what to say, you know what to speak to, and know what to speak to that brings results. And it, it it was a very emotional experience for me. I was really flush with the presence of the Lord at that moment. Uh, but I've had to learn that my encounters with the Lord are not going to be flushed like that. They're really not. They're not. A lot of times God's going to speak to you and there's not going to be an emotion attached to it. And God's going to do things and there are not going to be emotions attached to it. Because God does not want us to be ruled by emotions and moved by emotions all the time. He wants our emotions to serve us and help us Otherwise, we wouldn't have emotions. But He doesn't want your emotions to rule you. And I'm going to tell you something. This is probably the truth. I know for sure Becky would not be married to me today if she was ruled by emotions she, and ruled by feelings. She would have left me a long time ago. And I bet you, you know, some really nice person like Scott Forsyth over there. And I bet you, I bet you she would have, like, kicked him to the curb so fast if, if, if Melissa... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, you know, marriage is way more than just feelings. Love is way more than feelings. Passion for the Lord is way more than just an emotional feeling. And God is looking to bring us up into a level higher than what our feelings can take us. Because, see, your feelings can only take you so far. And that's why I think lots of times revivals and and moves of God stop because the feelings stop. And actually God's trying to take us beyond just feelings and bring us into something that's more spiritual than we could ever imagine. And then Jesus said, because this is what he said, Most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you will see heaven open. You shall see heaven open. You'll see it open. And you and the angels of God are ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In other words, Nathaniel, you know, this is powerful what's happening to you, but there is something much more powerful. But you know, it's interesting. We don't know that there was any, uh, going to be any emotions attached to every encounter he had after that. We don't know that. In fact, if you go back and study the life of Jacob, he had several other encounters with the Lord that were powerful, but some of them did not come in beautiful places. Some of them didn't come with a lot of beautiful emotions. They came in difficult moments. And see, the, the most important thing for us is not to have an emotional experience with the Lord, but to have a real experience with the Lord. That's the most important thing. And if God just chooses to let the emotions and feelings come, that's awesome. But if we're looking for God in the emotions, then we're going to miss Him every time. And see, I'm telling you that, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the grandeur of this open heaven, the beauty, the colors, all the the stuff that it was attached to. 
And God was saying, you're looking in the wrong place because that's not how this works. An open heaven doesn't work this way. All right, one more scripture. And then we're going to get Kalani to come back. Well, I will say this since Kalani's in here. Uh, you know, some people, the best, most powerful encounters I've ever had with the Lord in a worship service was when Kalani was leading worship here years ago. Now I was telling Becky, I don't know if that had anything to do with Kalani or not. <laughs> Kalani's really good, I'm telling you. When she does, I mean, I could feel a pull in me when she leads worship every time. But that was the most powerful time I've ever had. But I can't try to duplicate that time. You know what I'm saying? I can't try to duplicate what God did in a powerful... I had some of the craziest stuff that ever happened to me in that, that time. It was incredible, the, the revelation into the spiritual realm that God was giving me. It was unreal. It was like, okay, I'm either way... I'm either, I've gone, I've lost it, or God, I'm right in the heart of God. Well, I think I was in the heart of God, but I wanted to read this one. Anyways, thank you, Kalani, for... Hey, I love the... You know, the spirituality that she, you know, is in her songs. And so I love all that. I mean, God, I mean, you know, that's the best, the best stuff, right? All right, one more scripture, if I can find it. Um, all righty. This is uh, Matthew 27, verse 50. Uh, it says, this is Jesus dying on the cross. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In other words, he died right then. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Boy, that would be a scary day for some people, right? These dead people showing up. Can you imagine that? Oh, I thought, I, we buried you two years ago. What are you doing here, you know? Yeah, I would be scared to death. I, I'm telling you, I'd be running. I mean, seriously, if somebody I buried two years ago showed up, I would take off running. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't ask no questions. God would have had to grab me, you know, because I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this now. But that happened. And, but this is the truth. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was his flesh. His flesh was, that's what Hebrews says. It says the veil was his flesh. The veil was torn in two. The veil was torn in two. Mark, in Mark 1, it says, when Jesus was baptized, it says heaven was torn in two. Same, same phrase it uses right here. In other words... For Jesus, when he was baptized, he suddenly had this open heaven. And he lived out of this open heaven when he walked on earth as a person, as a man, doing what he did. When he died, his flesh tore heaven open for us. The cross is is a part of the cross. It's part of the finished work for you and I to be able to tap into heaven and, and get information from the heavenly realm to make decisions and make choices with our lives. It really is. And see, that's what God really wants us to do because if you are looking at the state of this nation right now with your natural eyes, you are going to be seriously discouraged. And you're going to be seriously afraid. 
because you're not seeing it from what God wants you to see. And if you're making choices about what you're going to do about the United States and the state of this country, without an open heaven, you will make the wrong choice. You will make the wrong decision every time because you and I are incapable of seeing what's really going on unless God reveals things to us. If you are looking at your family, your children, your decisions, your career, your spirituality, all of it, you put it all and stack your whole life up there, and if you are making any decisions apart from what God is seeing and what God is thinking and what God is saying, then you're going to make the worst mistake with your life than you can make. And God can be right around you just like Jacob. God is in this place, and I didn't even know it. And that's how most people live. God is here, and I didn't even know it. That's what I've, I've been going down there in Argentina for 10 years, and God was there, and I was missing Him because I was looking for a particular place, a particular moment, a particular way for God to reveal this open heaven to me. And he had zero interest in doing that. Zero. Well, he wanted me to know, no, it's all around you all the time, and you can tap into it right now. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to tap into it right now then. And so, you know, it's just amazing. I started having all these really awesome dreams uh, from the Lord, but, and they were really accurate dreams about people. Uh, and I would get in touch with these people about these dreams, and it would just be so accurate. But... For me, there was no feelings. There was no nothing connected. It was just that God was giving me information about people that He wanted me to know so I could communicate with them. But for me, that wasn't like some grand spiritual experience. It was just God telling me some information that He wanted me to know so I could act upon it. You see what I'm saying? What He's looking for is for us to begin to act when there's no something special. There's no emotion. There's no colors. There's no buzz. You could stick. I can't remember one time the Lord was moving so powerful here. I stuck my hand up and I felt this buzz on. I felt electricity. And there was a guy sitting beside me. I said, put your hand up here. And this guy was not spiritual at all. And he put his hand like, what was that? I said, that was God up there. He wants you to feel him. And he just happens to feel like, you know, electricity at this moment. Not enough to kill you, but he could if he turned it up. So you might want to think about God. And those are beautiful, and I love that, and I want God to do that. But in the meantime, I'm going to live on what God is doing already, and I'm not going to depend on God speaking to me and acting in a certain way. And that's what God wants us to do, because God has invested a lot in us. Every one of you in this room, He has invested a massive massive amount in you. And you have a lot to give. Your words have weight. Your words have authority. You can direct things. You can speak things. You can make things happen. But you can't depend on a feeling to make things happen. You've got to depend on God. And you know what happened to me? Because I walked down this road of depending on feelings. You know the end result of it is this. You stop trusting God. That's what you do. You quit trusting Him. Because I said, I kept telling the Lord, there's something wrong with me, Lord. What's wrong with me? I asked Him that for weeks on end. And finally He said, you just don't trust me. Because you are ate up with what you're seeing here. How can you trust me if you're not seeing what I'm seeing? You can't trust Him. You can't trust God if God is not revealing stuff to you. And you'll make 
you know that scripture, trust in the Lord of all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll guide your path. All your ways, trust Him. Don't trust your thinking. Don't trust what you're seeing. Quit trusting what you're seeing. Quit trusting your decisions. Trust His decision. When you begin to trust Him, He'll start giving you good decisions. You can trust those. And, and listen, there's no confusion here. You don't have to sit around and whine and carry on trying to figure it out. When you begin to trust the Lord, go with the flow. Go with Him. Just You don't have to do a bunch of gymnastics and all that crazy Oh, is it God's will? Is all this, you know, baloney that Christians get into? And, and if we're just trusting Him and walking with Him, he's going, that stuff's going to happen in your life. And you can make decisions and choices trusting Him. And if you happen to make the wrong one, there's this thing called, this, called the peace. Let the peace of God be the umpire. The peace will say, oh, whoa, 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 don't do that. That's not me. You, you got a little carried away there. It's okay, just don't do that. That's, that's how it works. That's how it works. It's simple. God doesn't want our finding His will to be some complex, ridiculous thing. He wants it to simplify it for you. He won't, and, and everything rests on trust. Everything. If you're trusting the Lord with your life, then God will make your life work for you. God will reveal to you. God will come and help you. Uh, you know, thank you, Lord. I was so happy when the Lord told me I wasn't trusting Him. Why I was happy... This is why I was happy, because it was the answer to my problem. It was the solution I was have been looking for. It was like told me this is the area where you you've gotten away. Now, if you'll trust me, if you'll just start trusting me, you'll begin to connect back and begin to hear and see in the way that I want you to hear and see. But you got to trust me, and God enables us with His grace. To trust him. He really does. Good old AT and T, yep. <laughs> Y'all all right? Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you to get open get this open heaven going. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be up here. Am I supposed to be up here? Kalani, y'all need to get on back too. Come on, Kalani. Yes. Woohoo. Lord, I just ask you for everybody in this room. There really is an open heaven. You really do have a thought for us personally. You have a thought about um, the United States. You have lots of thoughts, Lord, that you're looking for people who are willing to trust that you want them to give it to them. Hey, that thing Becky said earlier, people feel like they fail God. Let me say this, impossible. In God's kingdom, there's no such thing as a failure. It's just impossible. Once you, now, you can be a big failure outside the kingdom, and, and, but that actually helps you get into the kingdom. You know? But once you're in, you're no longer a failure. You're just not a failure. God doesn't look at you as a failure. He looks at you as a raving success. You know, you're successful because of Christ. You can trust that. You can believe in that, that God has made you a successful. So start living like a successful person. Just be successful. Don't be some dumb failure. You're not. Be a success because God says you're a success. Agree with Him. The devil's going to tell you you're a failure. You're an idiot and you're ugly. He's only a, he's a third of a right on some of that. Some of you are, you know, are just not that good looking. But you're not an idiot.
Because my grandkids told me I wasn't very good looking. I said, you're bald, Grandpa. And my, one of them told me I looked like this guy. One of my grandkids, you know what you look like? And I thought, that guy is just ugly. How can I look like him? I can't look like him because he's ugly and I'm not ugly. He's timing out, don't y'all think? <laughs> good. That's really good. It's awesome. You know, I'm really feeling like we really are in a season. Um, you know, I've told you the Lord spoke to me when I broke my shoulder. You know, the book of Joel. Stand up. And, um...